0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading and Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 246, Christmas and the Gospel of Matthew. Now, if you know anything about the New Testament. you know, there are four Gospels which each give a life story of Jesus. These aren't biographies in the truest sense of the word, and each of them is uh, a little different. Each one has its own flavor, and that's tends to be because of the writer and also who they were writing to. But um each each of these these Gospels uh, gives us an account of the life of Jesus. What's fascinating though, is really only two of them give us what we commonly call the Christmas story. Um, the most popular is the Gospel of Luke, which gives the Christmas story. That's probably the most famous, but today we're actually going to talk about the Christmas story that's in Matthew. I'll give you a little bit of an introduction to Matthew, and um, and then next week we'll talk about the Christmas story in Luke, and then the week after... We'll uh, talk about the Christmas story in Mark and in John. So, today, we're talking about Matthew. Now, Matthew, if you've heard me talk about it before, is the most Jewish of all the Gospels. Matthew was very much concerned with uh, showing that Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies, that he was the Messiah that was promised in the Scriptures. One of the... The, the unique things about Matthew, and this is very Jewish in, in, in the way that they would write, was he gives us, uh, the very first thing he gives us in his gospel is a genealogy. And this actually leads right into uh, part of the Christmas story. So we'll talk just a little bit about this genealogy. But it's really interesting. It goes from really, um, Jesus back to David and then back to Abraham. And this this is very uh, intentional on Matthew's part because there's a covenant that was associated with each of those two men. Um, the Abrahamic covenant, which God gave to, to Abraham in the Old Testament, said that through you, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. And each uh, Hebrew saw themselves; each Jew saw themselves as a child of Abraham. So this was a a very important thing that that uh, Matthew linked Jesus back to the covenant that God made with Abraham. But then he also goes back to David. He links Jesus. Jesus was a descendant of David, and uh, he takes us back and shows us the importance um, of this as well, because God made a covenant with David. And he said that not a single, or he said that your throne will be established forever, and there'll always be somebody from, from your lineage on the throne. And the reality was, there was a period of time when that wasn't necessarily the case. The, the, the nations split up, uh, there was problems with the kings, there was eventually exile, and uh, the kingship was dissolved, and it was just kind of chaotic, but this this covenant that god made with david was bigger than just a physical king just a natural man it was a spiritual uh covenant if you will and jesus as the the messiah um really did come to uh, establish david's throne but not just his earthly throne but the throne that will last forever to show that god's kingdom um really will will, will never end and so something else that's fascinating about this genealogy though as we move towards the Christmas story is the fact that uh, Matthew also lists four women, or excuse me five women in this genealogy. Um, he mentions Tamar, he mentions Rahab, he mentions Bathsheba and or excuse me Ruth and then Bathsheba and then Mary. So uh, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba and Mary five women and this is uh this is fascinating because uh women were were, were really just a little more than property in this day and and to to see these women uh in the genealogy is very special, but what you'll find is each one of these women is associated with some type of scandal uh Tamar had had been raped um Obviously, Rahab was a a prostitute whose family came to faith. They were were the only ones saved out of the city of Jericho. Uh, Ruth, uh, a little bit of a scandal with her. Of course, Bathsheba was uh, uh, taken by by King David. Um, She was the wife of one of his generals. He uh, committed adultery with her. They had a baby, and then he had her husband put to death. Um, So a bit of a scandal there. And then, of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we know the scandal there. And that's really where we lead into the Christmas story, because right after this genealogy, Matthew uh, takes us into uh, really what we find, what most scholars would call Joseph's account of the Christmas story. In Luke, we find uh, Mary's account, but here we get Joseph's point of view. And uh, this, is, this is pretty interesting. It says uh, in Matthew, Matthew 1, uh, verse uh, 18, "...this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly." So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, then as well as now, um, this would have been a, a a trying time for Joseph. His wife was found, or his espoused wife. Well, they weren't even married yet. His fiance was found to be pregnant, and of course, this had to be devastating. He had to be hurt. He had to be to feel betrayed. He had to feel like uh, this woman that he loved had 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 deceived him and betrayed him. And rather than, you know, I guess he could have even had her put to death for. Uh, for the sin of adultery if he had chosen to do so. Um, that would not have been uncommon. But probably the the most normal thing to do would have just been to have her put away, to divorce her, to send her on her way. And as he was going to do that, he didn't want to disgrace her. He didn't want to embarrass her. We find out Joseph was a good man The angel of the Lord appeared and spoke to him in a dream. Now, this is something in these first couple of chapters, you see multiple appearances of angels speaking to people and giving them guidance. Joseph receives guidance through angels several times. We'll also find, we'll see that in Luke's gospel. We'll see the the, the angels coming and appearing and um, uh, making some declarations as well. But this is, uh, this is very interesting that um, God wanted to make it very clear to Joseph that this was part of his plan. And, you know, obviously that would have required quite a bit of faith and trust, um, you know, on Joseph's part. But, you know, when an angel speaks to you and says, it's okay, she really is pregnant by the Holy Spirit, um, you know, I think that's where your faith kicks in and you say, well, okay, I, you know, I'll accept that. But let's not uh, downplay um, the 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 difficulty of this. you know we sometimes we tend to think that uh, those folks back then, well, they just didn't really understand how things were and um, you know, they didn't really understand biology. No they understood where babies come from. They understood how babies were made. So this was a difficult situation for everybody. I'm sure for Mary's family and for Joseph's family as well. but the angel of the Lord came and spoke to Joseph and assured him that it was okay. And then Matthew tells us, all of this was occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. This is from Isaiah. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife. So, This is the first part of the story of the birth of Jesus from Joseph's point of view. Um, As we said, Matthew is a distinctively Jewish gospel. So for him, giving the man's point of view was the most natural thing to do. Now, obviously, and and when we we talk about Luke next week, we'll see from Mary's point of view. For, For Luke... He wanted to give us Joseph's point of view, and that's exactly what he does in chapter 1. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back. Um, we're still talking about the Christmas story and the Gospel of Matthew. But but before we go on, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my big Christmas sale. Listen, there are still people on your list that you haven't bought for. I want to make it easy on you. Click on the link that's that's right there on the the for, for this episode. It'll take you to the page where I've got all the books listed that are on sale and, and I I've, I've slashed the prices on almost every one of my books. There was a few I had no control over because um, they're published through the traditional publisher, and I don't have any say-so over the prices. But uh, but over nine of my books, on nine of my books, I've slashed the prices, um, especially on the paperbacks that will make it easy for you to save a lot of money and get some great gifts for people on your Christmas list. Books on Bible, different biblical study books. Um, there's some a leadership book on there. There's some great... Uh, novels on there, some super fiction. I mean, I'm I'm really starting to get some momentum now on uh, on these novels. The uh, the 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 series that I wrote. It's an action adventure series. Uh, you know, I just encourage you to check it out. But uh, click on the link. You can check out. You can check out each book, and uh, you know, take care of the rest of your Christmas shopping um, right there. Well, all right. Let's jump back in. So we talked about chapter one of Matthew, the genealogy, and then uh, Joseph coming to terms with the fact that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. But now in chapter 2 of Matthew, we have this interesting um, story here about the Magi, the wise men. And it starts off by saying Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we've come to worship him. Of course, they like us would think that if a king was going to be born, he would be born in the palace. They didn't understand, nor do we even understand why God would choose to be born in a stable in a in a in a, in a feeding trough um, for animals. It just doesn't make sense. Why would God? do that. But we that's what we find out in, in Luke, and we'll, we'll talk more about that next time. But here it just says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem during Herod's reign. The wise men show up looking for him. This is probably sometime after the birth. Um, it seems like that uh, Mary and Joseph are probably in a house now. She's recovering from giving birth, um, probably going to let the, the the baby, you know, get a couple of months old before they try and travel again probably staying with relatives of Joseph's and the wise men come to um, to Herod uh, looking looking for the king and Herod of course is concerned he says what 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 do you mean a new king and he consults his own uh, wise men and they say well yeah according to the prophecies the the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. So they tell the wise men, they say, listen, the baby's born in in Bethlehem. And, and Herod says, listen, you go find him and then send me a message and I'll come worship him as well. Of course, he has ulterior motives. He's not going to give up power to anyone. And so he sends the wise men away. The, the star appears and guides them to the house where Jesus is at. And of course, we know the, the famous story. They come in and they they give him, it says the, uh, one, um, in, in Matthew 2, verse um, 11, They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. So interesting here that these wise men who are, um, they're not Jewish, obviously Christians, that's, that, that word hasn't even been invented yet, um, and yet God speaks to them very clearly about uh, not returning the same way, about not going back and talking to Herod, um, so they go back to their own country. And, and I always, I'm always amazed at this because sometimes in our limited understanding of God, we think that God only speaks to people who um, worship the way we do, who look like we do, who read the Bible the way we do, whose churches are like ours. But in reality, God's not going to be put in a box. And God can speak to anyone, anytime, anywhere. Um, I was talking to somebody recently who's spent some time in the Middle East, and they were talking about the... Uh, large numbers of Muslims that are coming to Christ Um, they're coming to Christ because um, they're getting on the internet and finding Christian sermons Uh, they're coming to Christ because they got a a small uh, section of the Bible that somebody gave them and they're reading it and they came to Christ they're coming to Jesus because they're dreaming and God is appearing to them in dreams it's fascinating Now, what's even more fascinating is very often in so many of these countries in the Middle East there aren't churches for them to worship in, so they're they're having to worship God maybe by themselves or maybe they'll find another one or two Christians and um, and 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 meet together. But it's a very interesting thing, and it goes against what we think. um, You know, God should do. We think you know somebody should come to Christ, get baptized, and immediately join you know a big church but that's just not the case in so many places in the world and here in this story God speaks to the wise men through a dream to protect the baby Jesus. And then not long after that, <coughs> excuse me, the angel appears to Joseph again. Remember, God is speaking through angels here. He's he, he's sending this is a an interesting time because over and over again we see angels appear, we see God speaking to people in dreams, but he speaks to Joseph again through an angel, through a dream, and says, Get up and flee to Egypt. Now this is so interesting because the other Gospels don't mention this. Mark, Luke, John, they don't talk about this time that Jesus spent in Egypt with his family. Um, But at this point, Joseph grabs his family up and takes them into Egypt where they stay for some time until Herod dies, and then he's told again by an angel that it's okay to come home. But a fascinating story, you know, this, this part of the Christmas story, we get Joseph's point of view. And you, you have to wonder what Joseph felt like raising a child who wasn't his own, but yet a child who was very special, a child who God had obviously um, sent to earth to have a have an impact, to have an impact in society. And you know, we don't really know what happens to Joseph. Um, at one point, uh, later on in the gospel, he said, well, this, isn't this Joseph's son? Um, but we don't really hear much about Joseph up to, at, you know, later on. We see Mary at the end of Jesus's life. Um, Jesus' life. Jesus uh, entrusts his mother to, to you know, his friend John, one of the apostles. But But we really don't know what happens to Joseph. But obviously... Um, Joseph became the father, the earthly father, that Jesus needed to raise him up, to teach him a trade, and to, uh, you know, really to teach him what it meant to be a man. I'm going to stop there. Um, We've just kind of, just basically introduced the Christmas story through Matthew today. Next week, we'll be looking at uh, Luke and uh, looking at the, the Christmas story through Mary's point of view, so make sure you tune in. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think? How, how difficult do you see this? You know, Jesus um, being born to a virgin. But, but you know, what, what what would that make you feel like if it was your, um, if, if you're a man and, and, and you're a, you know, uh, fiance says, yeah, I'm pregnant, but it's okay. It's by the Holy Spirit. Um, how would that make you feel? Well, well, you know, what emotions would that send through you? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So uh, make sure you go to davidspell.com, leave me a question or comment in the uh, comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter, and by all means, check out the big Christmas sale. Well, friends, until next time, this is David Spell telling you, Merry, Merry Christmas.